giving your child an iPhone and giving your child an iPad without training them how to use it is the equivalent of handing them a loaded gun mm. and not training them how to use it. Is I that mean, dangerous? That's how, not just dangerous, yes, that's how devastating mm. it can be, not just to your child, oh, yeah. but to others. You know, the majority of teens' suicide are, are stemming from um, online bullying, yes. what they're seeing through Instagram. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's a dark and dangerous world. And to your point, um, man, we give them, most of the time, most parents I've met, they just give kids free access, yeah. free roam to this world of information, which is, which is no pun intended here, hell bent mm. on destroying the life of that child. Man, Dr. Williams, between us, you know, we have seven kids. And, mm. and I tell you, parenting is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, but it's also yeah. one of the most challenging and sanctifying things Absolutely. I've ever done. You know, and, and I've failed as a parent. You know, and that's coming from a guy that, that leads a, a national men's ministry. You lead a national uh, family ministry around, yeah. around the gospel, around the Bible, yeah. gospel family ministries. What's, what's one recent parent failure? that you'd be willing to share with us. Man, I have so many. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I think sometimes people think because we're leading these ministries that we got it figured out. It's probably the opposite. It's, it, we see our own failures and we're like, uh, man, we need to focus on this. We need yes. to strengthen this. And, and if I'm needing this, maybe some other parents are needing it too. And I, I had a time not too long ago, uh, we were all at the house. It's like a Saturday, laid back, nothing going on, no stress. We're playing games. My wife and I, our three kids, we're laughing, having a good time. And it's getting close to dinner. And my wife said, hey, I need to run the store and get a few things for dinner. I said, great. She left. She's gone maybe 15 minutes. And when she left the house, we were laughing, playing, having a great time. 15 minutes later, she walks back in the house. All three of my kids are crying. All three are in different corners of the room in timeout. I'm in the fourth corner, furious. And she's like, what happened? I was like, well, she did this and he did that and he did that. So I yelled at her, yelled at him, yelled at him. They're all in timeout. They're all terrible kids. I don't know what we're going to do. Please don't ever leave the house again, you know? And she's like, wow, that was quick. And so, I, you know, I sent them to their rooms and I helped my wife a little bit in the kitchen. But we get dinner ready. And in our previous episode, we were talking about family devotions and family discipleship. And I shared that I try to do that at the dinner table as much as possible. So we sit down at the dinner table and I'm thinking, how am I going to lead a devotion after I just yelled at everybody? Yeah. Right. But then I remembered we're not called to be perfect. Like you said, last episode, we're called to be faithful. That's right. And part of being that example to our kids uh, is simply repenting when we get it wrong. Showing them, hey, when you blow it, you confess, you own your sin, and there's grace and there's forgiveness. So I decided, okay, that's what we're going to do. Family devotion tonight, I'm just going to lead out in repentance. But my kids, they made it real hard on me because I looked at them. I said, hey, kids, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been yelling at you. I tell my kids, I'm allowed to have a stern father voice. Like in my house, I'll be like, boys, oh, they freeze. Even my dog will roll on his back, and he's like, what happened? You know? <laughs> I said, so I could have a stern dad voice. I said, but I'm not allowed to be yelling at y'all like that. You know, that's yeah. sinful. Uh, would y'all forgive me? And my kids made it hard on me because they looked at me, and they said, oh, daddy, you didn't do anything wrong. And part of me wanted to be like, all right, let's eat. <laughs> you know, right. Let me off easy. But yeah. I, I decided, no, we, we, we need to dig into this a little bit. And so I, I opened up to Fruit of the Spirit passage. And I said, I'm going to walk through the fruit of the Spirit, and you tell me if when I was yelling, you saw the fruit of the Spirit come oh, out. Oh, wow. I said, love, 
Right. I didn't seem real loving, though. Joy, right? No. no. Peace, no. Yeah. Patience, right? That would have been good. <laughs> you did, that would have been really helpful. You know, kindness, goodness, one, yeah, gentleness. <laughs> yeah, they're underlining it for me, Dad. Hey, you can do put this on your beer. Uh, Self control. They're like, I guess we didn't see the fruit of the spirit in you. So then, uh, right above that passage, Paul writes out the deeds of the flesh. When you give into the flesh, these things come out. And I'm reading through the deeds of the flesh, and one oh, of them's outburst of anger. Bro. And my son Silas said, "Daddy, you got one." I said, that's the wrong one to get, man. (laughs) And so at the end of that, they're like, we agree. You were in the flesh. You're not in the spirit. You did not produce the fruit of the spirit. We forgive you for your sin. Like I convinced them big time then. But but that was that was an example of me blowing it, but also a reminder that we're all gonna have those moments. But when we do, there's a chance to 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 repent, to confess, to model that. So that when your kids then blow it, you can say, Hey, you know what to do. You've seen me do it, I sin too. Your mama sins, you sin. So what do we do now? And, and walk through that. So what a great metric, not only not only as a parent, right? To mm. go back and man, did I show the fruit of the spirit? Mm. Did I show the desires of the flesh? Right. Yeah. But that's a metric for meetings. Oh. That's a metric for gatherings. Traffic. Uh, traffic, <laughs> man. That's that's so good. I had I had an epic fail recently. Um, my wife was going to a women's event. Okay. And uh, uh, it was the day before. So she was in the kitchen getting some things ready. And and my daughter says, hey, what are we doing tomorrow? And my wife says, I've got this women's event. Um, so you're with your dad tomorrow night. And my daughter goes, yes, movie night. And I was like, unbelievable. <laughs> like when, when when my kids associate me yeah. being home, it's movie yeah. night, right? Because Ice I'm, cream and cookies. That's it, man. Because so, I'm so quick to... Uh, to put on a movie, which which really gets us into where we are today, right? Yeah. We we both are trying to parent kids mm. living in an I world. Oh yeah, living in a world that is not just dictated mm. by technology, but it's dominated. Yeah, by technology. And and as we get into this episode, you know, I want our listeners to hear that man, technology is not a bad thing. Right. Like like I'm thankful for penicillin. Yeah. I'm glad we all live beyond the age of 38. <laughs> yes. Right? Like like we recognize that 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 technological advances are good. Sure. But we also have to recognize with with every action mm. is an opposite and equal reaction. Yeah. That's that's basic laws of 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 nature. Yes. There's an opposite and equal reaction. So so technology advances in a lot of brings in a lot of good advances, but there's also a lot of negatives. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, what are what are some of the negatives you're seeing around specifically parenting as mm. it relates to technology? Yeah, I think, like you said, first we recognize it is different for our kids, and I know every generation feels like the technological advances of their era is brand new, and no one else has ever seen that. But, but I mean, it's different. Our our kids have never known life without Wi-Fi. High-speed internet. Yeah. When my daughter was five, she asked for an iPad. And I said, baby, I'm not going to get you an iPad. And she goes, well, how old were you when you got your first iPad? I was like, 31? I don't know. <laughs> 32? And she's like, why did your parents ever buy you one? I said, they didn't exist. <laughs> but she real. couldn't fathom a world with no iPads, right? A world. We were doing a family devotion one night, and I was reading Moses and the Ten Commandments and how he had God inscribed it on these tablets. My son Silas said, they had tablets back then? I was like, well, not iPad tablets. Tablets He's of stone, He's Moses bro. with two iPads scrolling through the Ten Commandments, you know. 
and, and so it is it is unique, right? Barna did a survey with Christian parents and eight out of ten said they believe they have a more difficult time parenting their kids now than their parents did. And the number one reason is technology. Sure. And, and so I think we have to recognize our, our kids are in a different culture, different world than we even grew up in. And it does bring the challenges. I think one of the biggest challenges is, is just having the conversation. You know, these kids are going to have technology. They're going to have a computer, an iPad, a phone. At some point, they're going to be on the Internet. They have to use it for school. Their friends have it. You yeah. know, they're going to be exposed to it. And so uh, to me, the, the first entry level in this whole conversation is, do we talk about it at all? Yeah. You know, I, I remember Tim Charlies, uh, who blogs a lot, had the Christian blogger, Christian writer. He had a blog come out years ago. And the title stood out to me. The title is right before Christmas. He said, hey, parents, stop giving your kids porn for Christmas. Wow. And his point was, if you're buying them iPads and iPhones or Xboxes, access to the Internet with no boundaries, no restrictions, no discipleship, you're just setting them you know, free into the wolves, hoping they don't get devoured, right? Wow. And so to me, it just starts with that understanding as Christian parents our kids are in this iGen world. Therefore, we have to talk about it. We have to disciple them. Yes. We have to start the conversation. So where do you start that conversation? That's, that's really good. I get asked um, a lot by dads, when should I buy my child a smart device? Yeah. When should I buy my child a iPhone, a uh, tablet, a, mm. a laptop? And, you know, it's different. For every home, I sure. I get that. Like um, parenting styles are different, mm. um, governance is different. So I don't know if there is a hard and fast age, right? But I do know this, and this is what I share. Man, giving your child an iPhone and giving your child an iPad without training them how to use it is mm. the equivalent of handing them a loaded gun mm. and not training them how to use it. It's I that mean, dangerous. That's how. Not just dangerous, yes, that's how devastating mm. it can be, not just to your child, oh, yeah. but to others. I mean, I think about everything from, you know, self-esteem, oh. everything from teen suicide. You know, the majority of teens suicide are are stemming from um, online bullying, yes. what they're seeing through Instagram. Um, I mean, it's just a oh, it's yeah. a dark and dangerous world. And to your point, um, man, we give them most of the time, most parents I've met, they just give kids free access, yeah. free roam to this world of information, which is, which is no pun intended here, hell-bent mm. on destroying the life of that child. Oh, and it's saturated. There's so much of it. That's the other unique nature of this. If we set them free in this world, we, we are so behind the curve in even understanding that world. I, I think... Uh, every year, there's 12,000 new video games every year. Wow. Every day, there's 2,000 new apps on your phone. So if you have every app, tomorrow you're 2,000 apps behind. On wow. YouTube, every single day, there's 3.7 million new YouTube videos every day. So if you've watched every YouTube video starting tomorrow, you're 4 million videos behind. And then the big one that stood out to me was Instagram. Every day, there's 95 million new pictures and videos uploaded to Instagram. 
Oh my 95 gosh. million. So as Christian parents, we, we don't even know what's out there. Even if you think I know everything that's out there tomorrow, you're behind again because there's new content, new influencers. And, and so I, I think, yeah, just giving them free reign, not having any discipleship is so devastating, so dangerous. One of the devastating effects we're seeing is the isolation. Yeah. You know, one author says our kids generation is the most depressed, most anxious and loneliest generation ever. And technology is a big part. Even teens are saying this. Yeah. Uh, I think one of Barna's research showed that seven out of 10 teenagers will tell you technology and screen time prevents me from having real conversations with real people. Yeah. It, it's become a substitute for friendships, for real relationships. And so now you take this young man, this young woman who's isolated, yeah. who's influenced by the world that knows nothing of Christ and they have free reign and they spend 3,000 hours a year on their screen. Yeah. And, and we're surprised when they're coming out of that confused or depressed or anxious. Come on. You know, it shouldn't surprise us. And, and I'm with you. I, I don't say all technology is bad, right? Uh, my kids, they're, they have screen time. There's days where I look back at the end of the day and I'm thinking they probably had too much screen time, right? Yeah. Uh, but we have almost daily, definitely weekly conversations about that. Yeah. You know, there, there's boundaries, there's restrictions, there's certain things they're allowed to do, certain things they're not. Uh, we talk about these concerns. So I think just, again, being our, having our eyes open to the need to have that conversation. Yeah, it's so good. And, and one of the things that the research is telling us today, right? Because a lot of this is new. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is like smoking in the 60s, right? Not only did we we really not know the effects that smoking cigarettes was going to have on us, mm. we didn't know the effects of secondhand smoke. Yeah, like here we are, fifty years later, and oh, we're yeah. just now discovering like that was terrible. Mm. Like letting someone smoke on an airplane was a bad idea. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> they used to have commercials where doctors would advertise cigarettes. Yeah, so it's we terrible, had no idea right? what we were doing. So 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 here we are, and and I I tell people all the time the the iPhone and the iPad is the cigarette of the 60s. Mm. It's today's Marlboro Light. Oh, that's a good illustration. It's today's yeah. Marlboro Light, right? We don't really know the effects, but but a lot of research is coming out now, uh, and one of the dangers of all this screen time is that it is destroying imaginations. Oh, I believe it. So, so like when you and I were younger, like it. we didn't have an option. We had to exercise our imagination. Mm -hmm. We woke up. We were sent outside, yeah. and our mom said, don't come back until lunch yeah. or don't come back until dinner. So we're in the world inventing things to yes. do, man. We're pirates, and we're fishermen, and we're firefighters, and we're playing pickup basketball, and we're riding our bikes. Oh, yeah. You've got to be imaginative. Mm. Today, man, kids are losing their their creativity. They're Absolutely. losing their imagination because of the screens. And and um, so I bought my kids a... Uh, my kids love Legos, mm. right? And Legos help with the imagination. Yeah, You're creating so, your building. That's it, man. So we bought that. Um, uh, I got them for Christmas that the big Rivendell Lord of the Rings set. Oh, right? yeah. It was the big family gift. They get a family gift that they all open, and, and they got this Lego set. So my daughter's been putting it together. And what I noticed, because it's, like it's like a five, six-day build, mm. right? One whole day, she, she spent in her room putting the Lego set together, which is fine. Yeah. But she watched her iPad though. We have a family my, my wife homeschools. Yeah. So so we have we have family iPads that they do their schoolwork mm. on. She asked if she could take the iPad in to watch, you know, some Christmas princess movie yeah. while she did the build. And and 
you know, unconsciously, I just said, yes, go do that. Yeah. But then it hit me like three hours later, man, she's exercising her imagination, but she can't do it apart from a screen. Mm. So I come up there and like, I just took it and threw it out the window. Not really. <laughs> not really. But, Movie night is yeah, over. It's over. <laughs> but, but like, like, man, it's crushing imaginations and yeah. I'm seeing it everywhere, bro. Uh, I was convicted by that as well. Cause you know, I think our kids are creative, you know, that's such a creative time for them. And you're sure. right. It, takes them away from that and so last summer there's a day where my kids are asking for screen time and, and they love uh the dude perfect youtube videos oh yeah and i love it you know it's these christian yeah, like guys yeah. they're so entertaining yeah. and so we'll watch that as a family a lot of times it's probably our favorite show it's just whatever dude perfect's doing uh so one day they're gonna jump on and watch that and i just challenged my kids you know i said one of the reasons we love those shows is because those people are so creative yeah. And they create these great games and these great trick shots, and then they make an awesome video. And, and so it, we benefit from their creativity, but you don't want to lose your creativity. So instead of just benefiting from them, what if right now, no screens, you try to create something? Yeah. And, and that day, and we've done this several times, but that day I did that, uh, two of my kids invented a new board game with cardboard boxes and making the pieces and all that. that. And the other kid made a comic book with all the pictures and the story, stapling the papers together. And that night, we played their board game. We read his comic book. And then we watched some Dude Perfect, you know. I but just, that. you're right. We're, we're losing that creativity a whole generation and what should be their most creative years, maybe. Right. Uh, but to every now and then, hey, turn that off and let's get into it. But I was going to mention something. You, you're talking about secondhand smoke. So is there an equivalent to that with screens, secondhand screens? Like your kids seeing you on your phone, my kids seeing me on my computer. 100%. You know, what's the impact of the secondhand yeah. screen time yeah. on our kids? Yeah, the first first impact, and, and this is, I was super convicted by this. So I was, I was on my phone, and I call it death scrolling because hmm. you get sucked in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm bad with ESPN. So I'll get on ESPN just, and I'll tell myself, hey, I want to check the score. Yeah. But I end up reading 17 articles. I need to check every score. <laughs> That's right. Like like I start death scrolling. So not too long ago, I'm sitting on the couch. I go to check a score. I get neck deep in some article about some football coach, right? Mm -hmm. And my 10-year-old is trying to tell me a story as I'm doing that. And about halfway through the story, he just stops, looks utterly deflated, and he walks off. Oh, come on. And it hit, the Holy Spirit hit me, man, crushed me. I put the phone down. I called him back in the room. I said, hey, Malachi, um, my actions told you that mm. what was on that phone was more important than what you had to say. Mm. And I just want you to know I'm sorry. What you have to say means more to me than anything else. And I want you to know I'm putting the phone down. That's good. And I want to pay attention to you. I think one of those secondhand effects is that, especially as a parent, we spend so much time on screens. We're telling our children that time with them, mm. what they have to say, being with them is not as important as what's on a stupid device. Yeah. It's and, not even like we're working. Well, it's just time wasters. It, it's time, and, and and again, this is all new, right? This is th yeah. there are new studies coming out. I just I just read one of the most fascinating studies, and and they're correlating a lot of things. Mm. But um, so breastfeeding, okay? You and I have no experience in that. Um, zero, but zero, none. <laughs> but uh, thirty years ago, now, now now think about this: a woman would breastfeed with her child making eye contact with the child mm. 
today women breastfeed like this. Looking at their phone. So they're Just breastfeeding a the child, disconnect. but they're looking at, and, and there are studies coming out, what is happening because of that discon, that eye-to-eye mm-hmm. disconnect. That's interesting. Right? How, how that mentally is affecting the child, even at that age. Yeah, even as a baby, there's something that's picking that up. That's it, bro. So so when, when, you, when we hmm. think about these secondhand effects, right, um, our children are seeing that they're less important. Yeah. Um, our ch- our children are seeing us more disengaged. We um, we were talking about before the show, but I, I don't know if it was Call of Duty Black Ops or the latest uh, or the one after that. But but when Call of Duty came out, within the first week, mm. it broke eight hundred million in sales, and within the first month, worldwide users logged. 36 years worth of playing time. That's half your life. I mean, 30, that's just it is. And 36 we're, and, and, years. And we're not talking about eight-year-olds. We're talking Adults. about 18, 26, 36, oh, yeah. 60-year-old men. Oh, yeah. Grown men. And it's stunting their growth, right? You talked oh. last episode about young men who should be out leading their own families by now, but they're still, you know, depending on their mom and dad, and it's not because they're not capable or able. It's because they're choosing to spend their time on things like this. On a video They're getting game. married later. They're having kids later. I read an article about a CEO who lost his job because he couldn't leave the house playing the same video game you're talking Call about, of Call of Duty, for 80 hours a week. That's it. One of the, one of the biggest uh, trends right now are AI girlfriends. Oh, Artificial nice. intelligence. There, there are wait lists for AI girlfriends. That's disheartening. Right. I mean, I mean, think about that. Because There's, they don't want to put in the time to actually pursue a girl. No. And get to know her. They we, we want the Wi-Fi quick, easy, instant access, whatever. That caters to us. I mean, the AI girlfriend will literally send you a text in the middle of the day and tell you she's proud of you and she's thinking, but it's crazy. And they know it's fake. Yeah. They I know hope, it's not I real. Hope they, I hope you know, they do. but they settle for what's fake because it maybe seems easier than what is real, but what's real is so much richer. Oh. I love what you're saying about having those conversations with them, you know, whether it's about screen time, whether it's just, or them just telling us stories. And I heard this guy say one time, he goes, if you don't listen to your kids when they want to talk about Pokemon for 30 minutes, don't be surprised when they're 15, 16, they don't want to talk to you at all. And so I have dads all the time ask me, "How, how do I make sure that my kids, when they're teenagers, we still dialogue and talk? And I tell them, listen to everything they had to say now. Bro, that is put that phone down, right? That is solid gold. Like, like there, there are so many older dads hmm. that feel so disconnected from their teens. Yes. And they think that that's a new thing or they think that it just happened. No, it happened eight years ago yeah. when you wouldn't pay attention to them. Yeah. Bro, that's, that's gold. Some of these younger dads need to hear that. Pay attention to your child now. Oh, yeah. Um, um, show them that the conversation is worthy now so that when they're 17, it's still worthy. Yeah. And I get that sometimes what they're talking about seems kind of silly. I heard this one guy say, it's amazing that my son can watch a 20-minute episode of Paw Patrol and then describe the whole episode to me in just an hour and a half. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it takes him three times as long to describe it. Uh, but to give them that chance, one thing we try to do at our house, we, we haven't done it lately, but we try to have a family meeting maybe once a week. And we'll do a little devotion time. We'll share prayer requests. Uh, my wife will usually talk through the schedule, what's coming up that week, kind of get us all on the same page. But we do this thing where we just let the kids, we say, hey, if there's anything on your heart, share it with us. Yeah. Anything on your heart. And I remember one time my son Silas, he was probably five or six. And when it came his turn to share, he stood up on the coffee table. 
He wanted our full attention. And he stood up like, this is going to be the most important thing. And for the next 10 minutes, he just told us how much he needs new shelves in his room to hold all of his Skylander and Funko Pop things. <laughs> and we listened. I love we it. listened to every word he said. We helped him get what he needed, you know, but... At his age, that was what was important. Like he, he had an opportunity to share and we listened. So I'm praying and hoping that when he's, yeah, 15, 16, and yeah. what he has on his heart is deeper than that, that he'll still come to me and share because he'll know you're the guy that listens. You're the guy that puts your phone down Bro, that's and cool. hears me out. That's cool. One of the, and we'll link this in the show notes, but but a video that, that went viral, mm. it's called the Parisian Spider-Man. I have not seen okay. it. So it's it's in Paris, obviously, and it's a it's a 24, 26 year old man. He's walking down the street. He's on his way to a soccer match mm. or a football match. Football, a yeah, football match. And he looks up, and five stories up, there's a there's a four year old kid hanging from a balcony, hanging from a an apartment balcony. Bro, it's one of the craziest videos. He scales this building like Spider Man. So they call him Spider Man, right? And then, like, right as the kid lets go, he snatches him out of midair and sets him on the balcony. Oh, pretty It's God. unbelievable. Oh, that it's, makes me sick I mean, of myself. Tens of millions of views, hundreds of millions of views. It's unbelievable. The second half of the story, the four-year-old's dad is in the apartment playing Super Smash Bros. That's the second half of the story. That's the story that, 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 that the media didn't report on. So his attention, his heart, his focus... It was on the screens. And and that's sure. the thing is we're, we're talking about the iGen generation, you know, generation alpha, whatever you call it. But a lot of it starts with the parents. 100%. You know, we, we woke up. I remember going to sleep one day, hearing about Napster, and it seems like the next day we all had iPhones. Like, it happened that quick, right? Napster. Uh, yeah, remember Napster? <laughs> Bro, unbelievable. Sudden, we got YouTube and Instagram and social media, all these things that we never heard about. And the adults are just as guilty of just diving in. And what you're talking about, th this idea that it distracts us from what really matters. Yeah. It distracts us from our kids to the point to where a kid almost died because the dad's not paying attention, right? Uh, when I think about the discipleship needs for our kids and for our own hearts in, in an iGen world, one of the big things I think about is distraction. And the word that comes to my mind is purity. And a lot of times when we think about purity, we just think about abstaining from sexual immorality and that's part of it. But biblically, the idea of having a pure heart is the idea of having an undivided heart, Come on, a pure focus, right? And so when we are slipping into impurities, our heart and our focus and our love is divided. And now we're giving into these lesser loves, to these idols, to these yep. sinful, destructive things. And there's a verse in Psalm 86, I think 11, that tells us basically it's a prayer. Lord, give me an undivided heart. And I think that starts with the parents, but then that's part of the discipleship with our kids. Like, can you spend 3,000 hours a year on screens and say you have an undivided heart to Come Christ? On especially if you're getting one hour a week of discipleship on Sunday mornings at the church house. So we, we got to be praying that for ourselves, but we have to find that biblical way to, to pass down that discipleship message of undivided heart. Yeah, And, and that yeah. gives you a chance to talk about the purity because that's the other big thing with the iGen generation is just the content they're exposed yeah. to. Yeah, because the Bible tells us that we can't serve two masters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and the heart is the seat of our affections. Yeah. You can't love the world and love Jesus. That's right. That's right. And everything, you know, I, I think a lot of parents, right, especially when it comes to technology, they think that everything is neutral. 
Mm, right? Like, like it doesn't have, well, it's not that big of a deal. The video game's not that big of a deal or that YouTube show. It's not, I mean, it's a clean show. It's not that right. big of a deal. The reality is everything is after the heart. Yes. Everything is pointed. They want to capture oh, yeah. not just my heart, but the heart of our children, right? Nothing is in neutral. Mm. We are being pushed towards King Jesus or we're being pulled from King Jesus. Yeah. Nothing's in neutral. They call themselves influencers. That's right. Because they're trying to, and, and that's one thing I've told my kids. I, I, I teach this at conferences. Every show we see, every YouTube video, every movie, this show right now you're watching, every song you hear, every billboard, every commercial was created by somebody. And that somebody has a worldview. Come now, on. best case scenario, they say, I'm going to try to set apart my worldview and just try to entertain you. Most likely, it's going to seep in no matter what. If you and I write a book tomorrow, no matter what we write about, our Christian worldview is going to come into it. Yeah. But the likely scenario, what's really happening is what you're saying, is they're trying to influence you with their worldview. They have an right. agenda. They want to, just like right now in this video, we, we want to influence our listeners. We want them to think biblically about these things, to think biblically about discipling their kids. Every show is like that. That's right. We're being pretty upfront about it, but every show, every commercial, they, they have a worldview, they have a message that they're trying to seep in. And if our kids turn off their minds and, and eight hours a day, just absorb that, receive that without yeah. even thinking, we shouldn't be surprised when 10 years down the road, that's how they see the world. Bro, you can't. I love what Vody Bakum said. You can't send your children to Egypt and then complain when they start acting like Egyptians. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and, and I think about that influence. Um, so I have, you, you know, I have a couple of toddlers, mm -hmm. which means I haven't slept in about four years. <laughs> um, so I'm up two o'clock in the morning one night. My son, he's not going to sleep. And I turn on C-SPAN just hoping it helps us both fall asleep. <laughs> That's a good channel to fall asleep to. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> doubt. So uh, the Netflix CEO is giving his quarterly board report. Hmm. And during the report, someone asked him about Amazon Prime and HBO Go. Mm, uh, the streaming yeah, yeah. competitors. Cut, cutting into Netflix market share. Mm. Bro, he starts laughing. The Netflix CEO starts laughing. And, and I'll never forget it. Quote, Amazon Prime and HBO Go are drops of water in an ocean. Our biggest competitor is sleep. I want you to want to watch Netflix more than you want to sleep. They want... All of our time. Well, they're like, I need those eight hours of sleep at night that's it. for you to be on Netflix. I want you to only sleep four hours a night because I want you to be watching Love is Blind and can't turn it off. Which, which, if you've ever watched Netflix or if you're in Netflix, notice that now you don't even have to queue up the next episode. It shows up. 15 seconds later, it shows up. Oh, even if you're finishing a movie, they'll just start another movie. That's it. That you didn't even choose. That's it. And I've, I, I've had I, that I'm happen guilty. before where all of a sudden I'm like, what movie is this? Right. And you're, and you're four hours in. <laughs> And I'm like, what day is it? Like, 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 I'm guilty. I'm not, I'm not casting stones in a glass house here. Like, like this, like I've, I have fallen oh, yeah. prey to it. But it's to your point, right? They are the uh, the CEO of Facebook. One time said, um, if someone's not trying to sell you something, then you are the product. That's eye opening, right? That's real. Bro. Come on, our children are products. Our products. And, and, and the world is consuming them. Mm. Um, technology is consuming them. Oh, yeah. iPads, iPhones, watches, uh, everything, right? And again, technology is not evil. Right. Right? But it is being 
uh, deployed for some oh, some yeah. antichrist evil stuff, bro. And, oh, and when they're getting more technology than discipleship, oh wow! When there's no boundaries on the technology, when they are truly having their hearts and worldview shaped by these influencers who don't believe in Jesus yeah. or know anything about the Lord, that's when we see all the devastating effects. So let me ask you, what, what's a healthy approach to this? If a dad says, okay, my kids, they got phones and iPads. Uh, you say technology in and of itself is not evil. So how do I redeem some of this? How, how do I enter in and protect them from the devastating things while still using technology? Yeah, so... So my friends at, at RO are, are really good at this, and we'll try to link them in the show notes too. But so, so we, have the, we have the RO box at our mm. house. So one of the things I personally practice when I come home, my phone goes in the box. Mm. Like I want to demonstrate and model for my family that they're more important than anything else on my phone. And for me, it's not so much like apps. I don't have a lot of apps. Uh, I'm not on social media. Mm. Like this is the only social media thing I do. Right. Um, and even then we have a team of people that do it. So <laughs> <laughs> we just show up and talk uh, and, and shout out to the team. They are yeah. absolutely phenomenal. But um, my thing is work. Like mm. I want to keep checking emails and respond, oh, yeah. so it's got to go in the box. And 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 what that helps me with, I had, I had a guy tell me one time. He said, "Chris, uh, this generation, your children, you know, kind of Gen Alpha and below, mm. um, one of the secondhand effects of technology is they will have more memories with strangers than they do with their own family. Mm. Think about that." Yeah, you and I growing up because we were not always linked up with people on Instagram mm. and wherever. You and I, we could probably roll off eight or ten memories we have with family, oh, yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. We could roll off those memories because our children are staying plugged in constantly. They have more memories with strangers yeah. than they have with their own family. That's amazing. So when I heard that, I said, "No way, not happening in my yeah. house." Like so, my phone goes up, and I'm intentional mm. about creating memories with with my kids. So, so for That's example, um, NF came to town uh, not too long ago, and and some people like him, some people may not. He's uh, he's a Christian rapper, has yeah. a uh, you know has a pretty good worldview. I think you know I probably don't agree with him theologically on everything, but but who does? Right. Um, but I took my kids to the concert. My two oldest, it was their first concert. That's cool. I figured if it's going to be your first concert, let's go to a let's let's yeah, go to something at least. Big. Yeah, at least, <laughs> least has a has has a a, a good message. <laughs> um, but at one point in the concert, everybody has their phone, mm. living the concert through their phone. And my daughter looks at me because because my kids don't have smartphones. And my daughter looks at me and she says, Daddy, can can I have your phone to record? And I said, I said, no, baby, let's just do it live. Just enjoy it. Just watch. And just log it in your memory. So one That's of the so things good. I practice, That's and good. me personally, like when I'm out, whether it's at a concert or um, at a sporting event, I rarely pull out my phone. That's good. Uh, just to enjoy it. Ju just to enjoy it because, and there's studies about this too, about how the memory is less effective and how mm. the experience is less because you watch it through a lens. Oh, yeah. And one of, the, one of the most convicting pictures I've seen in the last year was when LeBron James broke uh, the scoring record, the NBA scoring record. Right. They've, got a, they've got a zoomed out picture of the arena and there's – there's 28,000 phones on him, Everybody's and then on. you just got one guy standing there watching it live. Just in, taking it in. Just taking it in. 
And I'm like, man, I want to be that guy. Yes, I want to be that guy. So in the moment, in the present, moment. Yeah. which by the way, no one ever watches those videos. It's not like everybody's like, no, hey, look bro. at my view of LeBron breaking the record. You're like, I saw it on TV close up. No, you you end up spending four ninety yes. nine on Dropbox <laughs> to store all that stuff. It's like it's like you know we we drive down the road and there's these um you store it places yeah because of the material junk yeah. that we accumulate as as people. Well, bro, it's just digital, yeah, digital trash. Storage, it's just digital, digital junk, bro. It's so, like uh, the 4th of July firework videos, <laughs> right? Like no one ever is like, hey, show me videos for last year's 4th of July. Yeah, I want to see your yeah, fireworks right, on the right. phone. No, yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. And what, what a great lesson, though, for the kids to say, you know, let's be present. I think about Mary and Martha. You know, Come and Martha's on. in the kitchen serving. She's not doing even a bad thing. She's yeah, serving. That's right. But she didn't appreciate Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And, and Jesus points out she's chosen the best thing, right? The, the best thing in that moment was not being busy with things. Nope. It was just sitting, you know, as Psalm 1611 says, and the presence of God is a fullness of joy. That's it. Do we ever just sit in his presence? You that's know, uh, well, D David said this one thing I want. To, to be in the house of the Lord. Be in the forever. house of the Lord. The forever. main thing. To be present with the Lord. You this can't do that distracted. Thing. You can't do that with a divided no. heart. You can't do that with, with the screen in your face, right? We got to right. have those moments just to be present. I, I remember first when I first gave my life to Christ, the guy discipling me was teaching me about spiritual disciplines. And, and the first book I read about spiritual disciplines, one of the disciplines he talked about was solitude. And he looked at Jesus' example of waking up early in the morning and, mm. and just seeking out time with the Father. And, and I think when... I look at my kids, that's one of the biggest things we're in danger of missing completely is yeah. they have a divided heart, they have a distracted life, they have a screen in front of their face, they're not in the presence of God, they're not in the moment. And what it leads to is a complete lack of solitude. Like, do they know how to just sit at the feet of Jesus? Yeah. To turn off screens and to quietly seek after the Lord, to hear from Him. Uh, again, if you're here in Scripture an hour a week and you're here in YouTube you know, eight hours a day, I think we're all going to find it hard to hear from the Lord. Hey, and one's going to influence you more than the other. Yeah. You know, I I think about the story of um, Abraham and Isaac, mm. right? So super popular story in the Bible, right? You see it in the, uh, towards the, the late, late beginning, middle of Genesis, right? Um, God's going to test Abraham's faith. He's going to mm. uh, have him sacrifice Isaac, mm. Right, so Abraham gets gets his servants together, gets the stuff together, goes to the mount where it's going to happen. Abraham tells the servants, "Hey, stay down here. Uh, me and my son are going to go up to worship the Lord." That's good. And and it's interesting. Isaac says something unique. He says, "He says, Dad, I see the fire, and I see the wood, but where's the sacrifice?" Mm. Now. Later in the story, you know that God's going to produce a ram in the thicket, and and obviously he's not going to have Abraham sacrifice his son. But what I love about that story, Abraham told his son, hey, we're going to go worship the Lord, and his son knew the ingredients. Mm, he knew good. it took a fire, wood, and an animal. He had done it. He had done it. Where did Isaac Come learn on. what it took to worship the Lord? He had done it with his dad. He had they done had it with his dad over and over. So, so what I would ask men watching today... Um, if I were to ask your children, do you know what it takes to open the to, to worship the Lord? Yeah. Could they tell me? Or if I was to ask them, do you know what it takes to download, run, and look at an app? Could they tell me? 
Oh yeah. Because that's because that's what they've learned from you, right? Yes. And and man, it, it's so good as, as as I think about that, and and because we're always teaching, and and we get ready to land the plane here. Uh, I, I know a lot of watchers. Um, they're 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 listening, and and we've been we've been waxing theologies. It, it, it's been good, <laughs> but but let's give let's give three, four, five super practical, mm. super practical. Hey, we're parenting in the I world. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. How do we do that? And and I would start by throwing out there. Um, Helping your child see, so everything they're consuming mm. um, is telling them that they're God. Mm. It's telling them that they're the most important thing in the yeah. world. You're in control. You're the center of the universe. That's right. That's right. It's your app. Everything's catered to them. Yep. Every it's algorithms meeting their needs, yeah. meeting their wants, meeting their desires. So one of the things I do practically, and again, this may be super unpopular today, but I am constantly reminding my children that science has proven that the universe is ever expanding, so they cannot be at the center of it. <laughs> that's a good word. It's not about that's them. That's a good word. It's not about them. So that's that's one practical thing yeah. I do. I just I gently, lovingly remind them, mm. hey, everything you watch, everything you see, everything you read, everything you're listening to, it's telling you that everything's about you. It's it not. ain't about you. <laughs> Let me be the one guy that tells you it's not about you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. So that's one practical Add something, add, yeah. add, add two or three things well, to that. You know, that's pointing their eyes to Jesus. I that's love it. that. And well, you know, we have the time restrictions, we have the content boundaries and restrictions. You got to have all those guidelines. We, we talk about it. We don't just, you know, throw out rules and say, deal with it. You know, we explain here's why we don't need you on screens that many hours. And here's why we're guarded against some of the content. So, so we do that. But what I would keep coming back to is things that I would throw out there for all the parents listening is just to have an ongoing conversation about all this. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where at dinner, I'll, I'll look at my kids and say, hey, y'all played on the iPad this afternoon. What'd y'all do? What'd y'all see? Oh, y'all are playing Minecraft? Do people ever chat on that? Who's chatting? What are they saying? Come you know, on. just entering into that world. I'll play with them sometimes. If I see them on screens, I'll sit down with them, say, show me what you're doing. What are you playing? And so I think a lot of times we are just so out of the loop. We don't know what they're doing, who they're yeah. talking to. Um, if they did get exposed to something, we don't ever hear about it. Maybe later we hear about it. But this, there's been so many opportunities where I'll ask that simple question. And one of my kids will say, well, I got to be honest, Dad. I watched this YouTube video. He's teaching us how to play Roblox. And he, he said a cuss word in it. I'll say, okay, what did he say? And uh, what do you think about that? And it gives us that conversation. I love So that. I think just entering in, asking entering the questions. Entering their world. Yes. I love that, Seeing bro. what they're doing, who they're doing it with, and, and then being able to share your heart about, man, that concerns me, or, hey, I love that you're doing that. that let's affirm that. And, yeah. uh, but I think a lot of times we just stay out of the loop and we're so separated from that world that they're yeah. in, we, we got to enter in. Yeah, and a way to enter in, this is something practically we do, um, we have a rule in our home, no screens alone in bedrooms. Yeah. There's no TVs good. in bedrooms. There's no iPads in bedrooms. You're not, you're not going to bed with your with your iPad next to you. Yeah. Um, you know, my kids are 12 and under, so none of them have phones. And and I gotta tell you, that's getting harder and harder. You know, my daughter's in the sixth grade, mm -hmm. and the majority of the people in her grade have a phone. Yeah. And she's uh well, I shouldn't say she's asking every day because she knows her father. She knows what the answer is. But I love her fortitude in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure when yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to get her a phone. Honestly, again, I don't think there's a hard and fast age. Right. Uh, well, let me say, I do believe 12 ain't it uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to give someone a smartphone. <laughs> but um, uh, And then even then, I think there's, there's regulations. But um, 
So one of the practical things we do, no screens alone. Like That's if good. you're if you're playing a game, if you're on the iPad, um, you're in a you're in a mom and dad controlled mm. common space. Um, we, we can know all hear about what's going it. on. We can hear it. That's good. Like um, that's one of and that's that's how I shepherd and, and guard their hearts from anything that could yeah. come up because we that's can't good. we can't filter out everything. Right. Right. They're going to be exposed to something that's unbiblical, ungodly. But hopefully we're in the conversation with them. That's it. We're talking about it. Yeah. I, I love your rule about the no bedrooms. My daughter. When she was younger, she always asked for a phone. And I always told our, we tell our kids, look, you'll get a phone when you need one, you know, and that's we'll decide good. when you need one. So that, that's probably maybe at least 16 if you're driving. I want you to have maps and be able to call me or whatever. But then we were throwing a curveball. My daughter, when she was 11, uh, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And it's a real scary time for us. We almost lost her. And so coming through that, we're trying to learn how do we manage this? And she's got to wear these devices that monitor her blood sugar that's giving her insulin and that's got to connect to a phone so long story short at 11 i found myself buying an iphone for my daughter yeah uh, but we told her just because you have a phone doesn't mean you're allowed to have every app yep. she's not allowed to have social media uh she actually has to keep it close to her at night so it can reach and monitor yeah but she's not allowed to use it so when we you know tell her good night i put it on her charger across the room Make sure it's charging yeah. and she doesn't touch it till morning. And so even when we found ourselves unexpectedly having to, you know, kind of change our what we, our expectations on that, there were still so many opportunities to put some guardrails in place yeah. to protect her. Even the Surgeon General warning came out last year, 2023, saying we don't believe anybody under the age of 16 should have social media. Yep. That's not even a Christian view. That's just the world even that's that now is. Science. Yeah, yeah, secular psychology. science. Psychology. They're the same ones that put the warnings on the cigarettes, right? And that's they're right. now putting that same warning on, on, on social media. And yep. so we tell our daughter, yeah, you got a phone to monitor your stuff, but we don't and, think you need social media. And, and what a great example of how technology can be beneficial. Yeah. I know. We're I, thankful I, for that I, part I know of we've it. been beating up on technology a little bit, but yeah. I think that's a great way to, to, to land the plane, man. Your, your daughter... Um, her quality of life and and maybe life itself is yeah. being enriched and extended because of technology. Absolutely, technology is not evil. Yeah, unchecked technology can lead to very evil things. Yeah, let it let it save their lives. Don't let it endanger their lives. Come on. And that's what we're seeing a lot of times with with without the checks, without the discipleship, without the conversations. We're just hoping it doesn't destroy them. Yeah. And reality is we're seeing in their 20s, oh, yeah, that did kind of affect you in more ways than we could have ever imagined. Yeah, Yeah, what a good place to be. Dad, let technology enrich the life of your child. Don't let it destroy it, and you're largely responsible for it. So the question is sometimes asked, you know, what's the difference between policing Mm -hmm. technology and then equipping and educating our children around technology? And and the reality is those are different things, yes. but we need both. Yeah, we need both. I, I believe in the accountability side, right? There's, we all need that, right, even as adults. But I, I, my kids need accountability. They need to know, hey, I bought those devices. We still pay your phone bill. If we want to check them, we can check them. And knowing that we do look at their stuff every now and then, uh, it does bring some accountability. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's all about the heart. That's right. And so we can put the restrictions, the boundaries in place, the accountability. We can check their stuff. And we do all those things. I think that's just kind of bare minimum. That's just common Parents sense. being responsible, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but at the end of the day, if they want to 
search out ungodly things on the internet, if they want to look at pornography, if they want to ha have a relationship with someone and keep it hidden from it, they can, yeah. right? Like kids will always be better at technology than even we are. Come on. They, they know what they're doing. And so at the end of the day, uh, it's got to reach their heart because yeah. even if it's not them seeking it out, what happens when they're at their buddy's house and their friend shows them something on the internet? Are they equipped to respond in that moment? And, right. and so we get the accountability, but my number one prayer, my number one focus is on their heart. Let, let, let me win your heart for Christ. Let me do everything I can to point you to Jesus so that when you are exposed to those things, you know how to respond. Oh, bro, this is, this is so good. It's not just behavior modification. Yeah. It's, it, it's training up the heart, right? Yeah. My, uh, my son, 10 years old, um, he goes, we're, we're a part of a homeschool co-op. So he mm. went over to a buddy's house uh, mm. to have a play date. And he got back from the play date, and I said, hey, man, what do you do? Did you have fun? He said, yeah, you know, we did this. We, we played outside. Um, we played Minecraft. And mm. I, said, I said, great, you do anything else? He said, he said yeah, Dad, actually, um, as we were playing Minecraft and as we, you know, were on the Internet, um, this show come up called The Simpsons. Mm. And he said, he said, I've never seen it, I've never heard of it, but I've heard but, of it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I think it's the longest running like <laughs> television really? show in history. And he said, Dad, there were so many episodes, and and my friend started to play it, and I looked at him. I said, Hey, man, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to watch stuff like that. He I said, don't it. Think, He said it, Come and on. they didn't watch the show. He protected all of them. Well, it was it was <laughs> unreal. And then it happened again. We went to the barber shop. Mm. So um, my son and I get our hair cut at the same place. It's kind of a rite of passage for us. We love I doing like it. That. And uh, he sat down in the barber chair. And, of course, there's TVs in the barber shop. And the TV in front of him, um, something inappropriate was on. It was an inappropriate music video. Mm. And, he, and, and, and he gave me that look that, that, hey, I'm not supposed to watch this. And, and like, courageously asked the barber to change the channel. Ooh. Let's go. That's good. Like, that's what we want. Yeah, because that's you, what we want. That, that's when, you know, it's reached the heart. That's it, It's not man. just dad's rules, dad's guidelines. It's dad's not even here. I'm yeah. exposed to it. Yeah. But I have that gut check. No, I, the spirit's it. checking my heart, and I got to respond well to it. I, I got to tell my friend. For him to stand up, I mean, that's amazing. I remember when I was seven, eight years old, my best friend, Every R-rated movie I saw as a kid was at his house. Right. Every time I went over to their house, their parents would be in the room with us. They're like, let's watch this movie. And sometimes it was the most violent, bloodiest movies, right. terrifying movies, inappropriate movies. And I saw all these rated R movies. And not once did I ever say, hey, let's turn this off. Not once did I tell my parents about it. But it's because I, I didn't have Christ in my heart. Yeah. I, I didn't have the truth of God's word convicting me. But yeah. when you've been pouring God's word into their heart, I think that's going to well up inside of them in those moments. That's so good. And I, and I love what you use the word rules. And when I think about when I think about the Ten Commandments, right, probably the most famous rules in the history of rules, sure. the Ten Commandments, it's interesting as Moses is sharing those, mm. right, as he's receiving those even, it starts with, and, and most people miss this, it starts with remembering all that the good the Lord has done, mm. and then He says, "Now obey my commands." Mm. Think about think about the order. That's good. It's not obey my commands and then experience the good. Yes, even though that is a part of Scripture, sure. we, we are blessed when we walk in righteousness, right? But God's design was, hey, think about everything I've yes. given you, everything I've done for you. Hey, Israel, I brought you out of slavery. I split the sea. I've given you a land of milk and honey, right? 
Now this, this. is what I need you to Therefore, do. Therefore, obey me. That's well, it, bro. Well, you know, Joshua does the same thing. One of our favorite verses, right? As for me and my house, will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. Yep. But the 14 verses before that, he's doing what you're saying. He's recounting God's goodness, That's God's faithfulness. It, he's reminding God's people, look at who the Lord is, what he's done. And he reaches a point where he says, basically, the only appropriate response to a God that good and that faithful is to serve him, to fear him, Come to lead on. your family, to worship him. And what a good word, because even my kids at their age, they have experienced the goodness of Christ. That's right. They have experienced his grace, his mercy. We just did a devotion last week looking at Lamentations 3. His mercies are new every morning. Come on. And I was telling them, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up desperate for the mercy of God, and it's going to be there for you That's in it. its fullness, right? Yeah. And so showing them who God is and Reminding then bringing them, them to say, yeah. Now, how are you going to respond to that kind of goodness, That's that right, kind of man. faithfulness? We're going to be faithful. We're going to be obedient. We're going to keep our eyes fixed on it. I love that. And that's how we go from behavior modification yes. to heart transformation. Yeah, it, it's not about rules. It's about that relationship. That's so good. So, Dr. Williams, sometimes I'll talk to parents who um, they kind of justify giving their children a phone, mm. like at a young, young age, whether it's six years old, seven years old, nine years old. We're yeah. talking first, second, third grade. Because of certain apps like um, Life 360 and mm. and and tracking ways their phones. and ways to track on their phones, right? And and again, this may be unpopular, but but my first my first thought is, why is your second grader in a place that you'd have to track them? Right. Or why is your second? Where are I mean, they? I mean, did you send them into? They're like, at the tattoo parlor again. Like, yeah, like, like I told him, no more tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Like, why am I having to track my seven year old? Like, like as a parent, right. I can assure you, I have a, I have a, I have a twelve year old, I have a ten year old, I have a, a soon to be five year old, and I have a three year old. Mm. And I can assure you, I know where they are right now. Like, like there is not because zero, of Life Three Sixty. I don't have Life Three Sixty. You got that dad GPS, right? Uh, that like, like, GPS. Like I know exactly where they are right now because that's my responsibility. Sure, it's not Life yeah. Three Sixty responsibility. No. It's not some tracking app. Now there is a point that my daughter's going to get a certain age where oh, not yeah. only am I going to track her, but I'm going to track any boy she's even thinking about dating. Oh, like, it's coming, absolutely. bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he, he better add me to his Life 360. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> he right. He would take my daughter on a date. Let's put me on Life 360. But 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 just being just being blunt, like like the parent uh, that that's justifying in their mind, you yeah. know, I've got a... Uh, I, I heard this even even when I was leading a Christian mm -hmm. school. I heard this. Well, I want my second grader to have a phone just in case anything goes wrong and they need to call me. Yeah. Right? Well, it's just a lack of trust for the institution. Yeah. yeah. Like like if anything's going to go wrong, trust me, the school's going to call you. They're going to call you. Like like you're you're going to know about it, right? So so I think I think the parent that's justifying in their mind, man, I'm going to give my kid this technology mm -hmm. because because I need to know where they are. I mean. To one degree, it's a little bit of laziness, and yeah. to a second degree, it's just a distrust, right? right. You should know where your child is. And, and I get it, right? We all have these fears about our kids. I, I remember watching a movie two months after my daughter was born, and it was in, in the movie, this girl got kidnapped. Yeah. And I'm panicking. Right. And I'm like, give me my daughter. I'm just going to hold her, you know, for the rest of her life. That's right. And, and so I get that as parents, we have all these fears that come up, and maybe there's some uh, alleviates that fear a little bit to be able to look at an app and say, okay, I know where they're at. But, you know, two things I would say is, one, just because we have the ability to do something doesn't mean we should do it. Come on. Right? Like, there's 2,000 new apps every day. 
just because there's a new app out there that can do something doesn't mean I need it or my family needs it yeah. or we should have it. So, yes, there's an ability to track kids all day, every day. But I don't know if that's necessary, especially at that young age. Right. They're not driving yet. Right. You know, I, I, I picture my daughter when she's driving, needing Life 360 because she's going to call me and say, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. 100%. And I'll be able to say, I know where you are. Turn right, you know, that's it. and help yeah. her out just from a map standpoint. But I, the second thing is I think about you and I, how we grew up. Oh, no one had us on the app and tracked us. And, no. and so this is the first generation ever in history where that's even a possibility. That's right. And so every generation before us somehow found a way to cope without Life360. Yeah. And yeah. so is it possible for us to parent without that? Yes. Absolutely. Especially at a young age. And so I, and if it is fear that's you know coming up in that heart, yeah. Then my biggest encouragement is to say, bring all those fears to prayer. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but I know for me personally, when I'm laying in bed at night and I'm scared, my, my daughter, when she was 12, went to a diabetes camp with kids with diabetes. She was gone for 18 days. 18 days, we couldn't call, FaceTime, text. We would send emails that were like two days behind. Oh, wow. For 18 days, at 12 years old, I had a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of fears, a lot of worries. Yes. We're just a year into her diagnosis, so already those fears were there. Now we're not even able to talk to her. And so from personal experience, I know when those fears well up in my heart, I, I can either sit there and be paralyzed by the fear, or I can take it to prayer. And when I take it to prayer, this peace comes. And it's that Philippians 4 promise in yeah. the Bible where Paul says, if you have these anxious thoughts, take them to prayer, and the peace that is beyond our understanding will guard our hearts where we feel that pressure will guard our minds where our thoughts are running wild and that's what i experienced those 18 days that's what i experienced now is when those fears come up i just start praying come and, on. and i'll tell you there's nights where two hours into the prayer the peace comes come there's on. nights where maybe it's 10 minutes and i even tell my kids pray until the peace comes so i, I don't want my fear to be alleviated by an app I'm fearful. Let's Look go. at the app. I got you. I want my fear to be taken care of by the Lord because his peace is beyond understanding. Bro, that's a new t-shirt. Prayer, <laughs> the original Live 360. <laughs> there you go. Because God right? knows where our kids are, right? <laughs> Lord, that. you know where they are. You're watching them. I'm going to trust them in your hands. Come, Come on. on. Dr. Williams, great to be with you again. Yeah, Chris. See you, bro. It's good.